Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? Rob Sesternino back with you. And look at us. We are previewing the amazing race 33 a day. Many thought may never happen yet. Here we are getting you ready to tell you about the 11 teams competing in the amazing race 33, which premieres Wednesday night, January 5th only. On CBS. And here we are to talk about the 11 teams participating in a very unique season of The Amazing Race. And we have our entire Amazing Race team here with us to talk about it first. Our uh, chief Amazing Race correspondent is here, Jessica Lees. Jess, how are you? Rob, if we have an Amazing Race team of four... Does that mean we can only go on the family edition? Yes, yes. So we are a family here covering uh, the amazing race. Now, what, Jess, in our uh, 12th, 13th season covering the amazing race? Are we officially on 10 years of covering the amazing race on Rob's podcast? Yeah, we are. Well, we're on nine years of coverage. I think you did 20 without me. 21 was my first one. I think we looked at it occasionally because uh, Rachel Riley and Brendan uh, were were on it. And so that was sort of like, okay, that was the gateway drug to regular Amazing Race (laughs) coverage on the podcast. And it's uh, never let you go. Never let me go. So, yeah, thank you, Brendan and Rachel. The Amazing Race is uh, supposed to be fun and good. And uh, you taught us that. And here we are still. All right. Also here with us today, a man who may know more than any other person that's not on the production of The Amazing Race, about The Amazing Race 33, from Parade.com, it is the great Mike Bloom. So you say that, but speaking of the the branch aspect of it all, you know, I, I think actually I probably know fewer things about specific teams than a lot of people considering how many of these teams this particular season have i guess i'll say a claim to fame right i feel like that's a neutral enough term to apply to the fact that a lot of these people have sometimes literal movies made about Mm -hmm. them and now they're racing around the world is that the soft theme for amazing race 33 mike it's interesting, right? Because we had that back with season 30 was like the best in their fields uh, occasional with, with like everyone. But that also had some some civilians sort of interspersed throughout. I feel like we're getting another taste of that with the Amazing Race 33. It really does seem like this specific season, like everyone has had some time in the spotlight with maybe a couple of exceptions with a couple of these teams. 
that does feel like the direction the show is going in. So I'm not necessarily being like old man shakes his fist at cloud being like, they're bringing too many influencers onto I mean, the amazing They literally race. had a season of all influencers. <laughs> and even two seasons ago, it was a season of reality TV stars. So again, this is just the direction the show is going in, but it's a nice reminder of like what the uh, amazing race can be not to disparage these teams whatsoever. I think they're really interesting groups with really interesting stories. I just think, I, I can't think I've encountered a group of teams before where I'm like, okay, so this person's known for this thing. This person's known for this thing outside of, like you said, uh, a hard and fast theme for mm-hmm. the season. Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting groups all around. Uh, a lot of wholesome content coming from The Amazing Race. Uh, we're also uh, very happy to have back here with us to talk Amazing Race, a man who's a veteran of much uh, international podcasting about The Amazing Race, international seasons. Uh, Dan Heaton is here. Dan, how are you? Oh, I'm great, Rob. I'm excited. I did a little Australia trip last year, but now it's like I'm really excited to go around the world to Western Europe, I guess. But regardless, I'm excited because we have the amazing race and getting to podcast it. And I didn't know most of these teams. You know, it's funny because I looked at it like, oh, these are normal people. And then I read about them and realized, oh, there was a movie with one of them and another movie with another one and a book. And I didn't know any of that until basically I read more. So maybe most people will think these are regular people and not know the stories because a lot of it is kind of they're viral, but they're, you know, everyone was on Ellen apparently, but it's not as broad as it might've been other, other years. Like with that a, a criteria to be on the season, you had to appear on Ellen. Maybe yeah, Ellen just got, yeah, maybe Ellen just got hired as, as the new casting director. I mean, oh boy. well, that's that's real beginning of 2020 energy in many ways. Is Ellen getting hired to the mm. casting director. Okay. All right. So we're going to preview 11 teams here today. No draft. Uh, we're going to go through the 11 teams competing. Uh, we will make winner picks at the end of the show. And we will uh, tell you about uh, who are the teams that we're getting ready to watch as we are getting ready to kick off our weekly recaps of uh, the amazing race starting next week. Make sure you subscribe to Rob's Podcast or robiswebsite.com slash subscribe for everything we do here on Rob's Podcast or go to robhaswebsite.com slash race feed and then go ahead and subscribe to our amazing race. Uh, we probably have like uh, nine different ways to get that one. T-A-R feed. Uh, just, do we have a preferred acronym for Amazing Race? Um, I think we've always gone with T-A-R. T-A-R. T-A-R feed. Okay. So, Sam, make sure that that link is working. Rob's website.com slash T-A-R feed. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and uh, meet. Uh, actually, before we talk about the teams, uh, should we just, uh, we ha- Jess and I talked to Phil Kogan uh, on the podcast last week. Uh, Mike, I know you separately talked with Phil Kogan. And then uh, we got some uh, little tidbits about the season to come. Jess, you want to just reset uh, what we know about Amazing Race 33 because uh, it is a newsworthy season. Yeah, Amazing Race 33 is really interesting. I think maybe at the beginning of 2020, we sort of felt like maybe there would never be another Amazing Race. Like by the time we got done with all of this, we wouldn't, we would have moved on to something else if it was even practical to do this kind of large scale travel show again. Mm -hmm. So when we, we found out in March, 2020, that there was a season of amazing race filming. And after three legs, they shut it down and everybody had to go home because of, you know, circumstances. And then a year and a half later, they picked it back up. They basically called it an 18 month pit stop. They put everybody back. They kept it to Western Europe. They had their own plane. They had chartered, they chartered flights. They had their own plane that 
did all of the airports and stuff. They stuck to they stuck to self-driving and they stayed out of major cities and kept it to Western Europe where they knew that protocols were stronger and they managed to finish the season. Wow. And they got the amazing thing is they got just about everybody back to resume filming, which I think is pretty awesome. And I have to say, if I had been cast for Amazing Race and I was out there and I was like living my lifelong dreams and then they said, oh, yeah, pandemic, you got to go home. If they never called me back again, I think I'd be crushed. So I'm really happy these people got a chance to go back out there. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting experience. Uh, Mike, do we have any sort of idea of how they're going to handle the time where they ended up stopping the production and then coming back? Yeah. So let's sort of talk about the timeline of all this. So as Jess said, and look, there was, I think, a bit of a confusion kerfuffle from the fans when all these commercials started showing up. It's like the longest pit stop ever. And season 32 is like, uh, hold on, hold my beer. Uh, we were waiting with our season on the shelf for the longest time. I think that marketing more so refers to the fact that there literally is a pit stop where they take a break between legs three and four that was, as Jess says, about what, like 18 months or something. I think they conclude in like March of 2020 and they pick things back up in September of 2021. So it's a very long time. That's what it refers to. No offense to season 32 whatsoever. That is that is a real thing? Are people upset about that? Oh yeah. When I, when I uh, shared some of the commercials for it to share my excitement, people were like, Oh, the longest pit stop ever. Amazing rates for getting its history as recent as last year. Well, actually, uh, yeah. Well, listen, I think that I, the marketing could be a little, a little better messaged. You know, that was uh, not a pit stop. If if we're going to be pedantic, at least be pedantic and correct. <laughs> I mean, listen, that's a, a tough, tall yeah. order for the Internet. I but- will say the commercial makes is the commercial does not Fair. apply like, hey, this season on The Amazing Race, it's the longest pit stop ever. They're like they try they, the commercials are like, hey, the wait is over. The longest pit stop. That's, is over. that's the thing is yeah. that I think people are confused because of the huge amount of time it took to get th- season 32 on the air uh now they're sort of like wait that was season 32's thing what's season 33 trying to claim you have your own special sauce and so i guess speaking of that special sauce so next week two hour premiere uh eight to ten we're gonna get the first two legs it seems of the three legs that they filmed pre-pandemic so people were wondering are they gonna just film you know how much of a hard reset was legs three to four Apparently, we're getting it all. So prepare for some odd pre-pandemic weirdness coming out in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there is going to be some understandable triggering of like having these people run around in crowded areas, uh, given what our lifestyles have been for the past couple of years. But they're going to show it all. I'll be intrigued to see from like a fourth wall perspective from a leg three design you know, is Phil going to like gather everyone around and be like, we have to send you home? Is it like mm-hmm. just a text placard that shows up? Right. What what Phil implied to me and several other interviews is that, you know, in getting teams back for leg number four, and as Jess said, not everyone came back. Uh, there were nine teams by the time they paused, and by the time they unpaused, there were seven. Uh, that's one reason why we're not doing an out-and-out draft is because I think if you dig deep enough in the internet, you can sort of put two and two together as to what teams might not have come back due to extenuating circumstances. And so uh, that, that's that's a little edgy, I think, for, for us to approach from that perspective. But, you know, apparently either Phil and or production had, like, talks with each one of the teams as to, okay, what has your life been like, you know, in these intervening months? 
you know, what will the race mean to you? And it's tough, right? Some people lost loved ones. Some people lost their jobs. Some people lost a lot uh, and maybe gained some other stuff over the course of the pandemic. I don't know how much of that we're going to see on TV. I don't know how much of this is going to be like Phil becomes Oprah in the Harry and Meghan special where it's like him sitting down. Do you need those glasses? Exactly. (laughs) Just making all the memes happen, uh, popping those eyebrows. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it it seems like he did have a moment to sort of connect with the teams. I wonder if we're going to see that more organically over the course of the rest of the season of the teams coming back and saying, we're so happy to do this, you know, happy to get out of the house. COVID was such a big thing. But as just said, a lot of restrictions came into play, understandably so, when they came back. Like, all of the uh, cast and crew had to be isolated and tested, including the locals as well. We did still try to bring in some locals, but we're much more secluded to smaller towns. If you look up the route, which does take a place across Western Europe, uh, we're not hitting Paris. You know, we're not hitting London or Berlin. It is much smaller places, which I think should be really interesting. Uh, We're doing a bit more of like the, hey, two legs in one country type of thing, which you might have seen back in the Amazing Race 24. I know we decried the season for that. This is under more understandable circumstances. No public transportation this season. So taxi drivers cannot be blamed. Only your hands at the stick shift. Uh, And we do enjoy those aspects of the Amazing Race. So I think that should be very interesting to see. And I think the idea of self-driving is going to really lean heavily on the teams that, that you know, are favored in that skill set. And I believe from what I sort of, you know, I, I guess this was sort of outright confirmed to me, but I think in a couple of interviews as well, I think we are getting minimal to no non-elimination legs this season because of the fact that they essentially lost two teams in the hiatus. Uh, I think essentially they're like, all right, you know, we're, we're running on sort of borrowed time anyway. We want to finish this season out. Let's not necessarily, uh, you know, play with luck here, uh, you know, test our pace, test our luck and put some more nominal elimination legs in there. So for those that are not happy with those concepts, Rob, I know uh, yourself included in that. I believe at least the Amazing Race 33 killed the non-elimination leg, uh, which I guess is a blessing okay. in disguise. All right. People. So we COVID, you, you got one one thing. OK, <laughs> so my question is, then how many episodes are we getting? Are we getting like five episodes? Yeah. So I would imagine, let's see. Let's see. Let me just count it now. The typical season is what? 11, 11, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking we get probably around like 10 episodes, I would say, because it's usually about 11 or 12 with like one or two or maybe even three non-elimination legs. So yeah, it might be a shortened season in that regard. We also know with the timing of everything, right? This is premiering. Yes, it sort of is in like the off season between Survivor seasons, uh, which the Amazing Race often fills. But like Celebrity Big Brother is coming on as well. Survivor's coming on in early March. So like I would not be completely surprised if they try to cram this into like a two month period. Uh, I don't think the schedule has been outright confirmed, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like from a production perspective, it also makes sense to be like. Yeah, listen, I'm so glad we have everyone back out here. You know what? I think we could keep them out here for a few more legs by throwing in non-elimination. Surely people would like that. Yeah. And then we don't know necessarily uh, time slot wise, like once Celebrity Big Brother comes back, right, Mike? Of uh, No, it's uh, Wednesday at nine. Well, so it'll, so, so it'll shift after. OK, it'll be on after uh, Big Brother. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of issues then when we're going to be covering uh, Big Brother. So what we're planning on doing is then covering the Amazing Race. Our recaps, we're going to do those on Thursday 
morning and get this to you uh, instead of doing it live right after the episode. Uh, we will get together on the East Coast uh, here uh, on Thursday mornings for your recaps of the amazing race. And hopefully we'll also have uh, exit press along the way. Not to mention, uh, we may also have some other weekly amazing race uh, content as warranted here during the season of the amazing race. All right. Are we ready to talk about our teams? I want to get Dan's thoughts actually first before, because obviously, you know, you are someone who just experienced like an amazing race season film during the pandemic, right? That's what Australia did. So like, what is your reaction to all of these changes from sort of like your own amazing race pseudo historian perspective? Well, it's interesting because Australia, you know, was filmed during the pandemic and they avoided, they couldn't go to parts of the country. Like they didn't go to like Melbourne and some other areas because they were locked down and you could tell they spent a long time in one province. They spent a lot of time in kind of these outskirts areas where they're going in mines and in air in kind of remote places. Yeah, they were doing, they went to a mining hotel at one point underground, but um, a lot of stuff like that. So it was a little weird, but they interacted with locals because Australia was doing pretty well, relatively speaking, with with everything going on with the pandemic. So I feel like this is sort of going to feel like that, but I'm still wondering because there they would do some self-driving and they would be able to stop, talk to a local and say, okay, I'm lost. Where do I go? Or they get lost. Where here, I feel like the show isn't going to be able to stop and say, are you vaccinated? Can I get proof of that? Like when they go ask someone if they're lost. So I think the teams are going to be able are going to just have maps. They're not going to be able to stop and ask for directions or anything. So it's almost like I look at it and that season was similar, but this has all these other elements. And that season, they barely, they barely went to airports. I think they, they took a train. They did everything they could to not have, like they, they flew like two or three times. So here they have the private plane, but it's weird because that they found a lot of creative ways to still have them doing different. They drove, um, RVs at one point, they were doing all kinds of odd transportation where here I feel it's going to be car plane, car plane more. So mm-hmm. I think this is going to feel even weirder than Australia where that they just um, did a lot of really weird challenges in the middle of nowhere, which was fun. This is like, it's going to require them to make the tasks not as dull because I feel like mm-hmm. they could easily just say, stadium trampoline park all these different places but they need to actually make them more clever because that's all what it's going to be about and in australia they just made the task really weird and did like five every leg i don't know if they're going to do that here but i'm curious because i'm fascinated by the logistics almost more than the show itself i just want to know how they did it as much as which team wins at this point I mean, that's always been that's always been how I felt about Amazing Race, because usually the most boring leg is the last leg anyway. It's more mm. about the journey than the destination, ultimately. And also, I can't believe Dan is still salty about the trampoline park. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that, that was a weird you, pull, uh, trampoline park. Uh, <laughs> that was just for Jess, really. Yes. I mean, you know it was. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really intrigued by the plane. Uh, for people who watched, like, there, there's there's a YouTube videos of it. There actually is an Amazing Race branded plane that they did. Like, the whole, they, they pimped it out. I can't wait out. to see it. It's a Boeing 757. But what's interesting about it is it becomes sort of like a mobile pit stop in that the way it was described is that everyone flies on the plane together. So, yeah, unfortunately, I think something else that gets eliminated this season is the, like, oh, there are two flights leaving this one place going to another. Uh, they don't have enough fuel. 
to do that. So all the teams are always flying together every leg, but it's almost like apparently the way the teams depart the plane is dependent on the times they check in on the previous leg. So it is very much like those staggered departures like you usually do with a pit stop. Instead, it's now like, okay, your turn to get off the plane. So I like that that spirit is still held within. Uh, it's just more so, I guess, now assigned seating, right? Of like, oh, you were first to check in, so you get the front of the plane. And I guess if you're check-in second to last, you have to be all the way at the back and wait for everyone else to get out, which is, you know, by far one of the worst positions to be once the plane lands. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With that being said, are we ready to talk about our 11 teams? Here we go. And let's uh, look at our first team that's going to be competing in the Amazing Race. And it is going to be the Cooks. It's Sherry and don't call me Admiral Akbar. Okay? <laughs> Principal Akbar, that is. That Akbar and Sherry, they work at a school and uh, they are uh, a married couple who met playing basketball and then they uh, have uh, been uh, developing like a big after school program all right uh mike i feel like that you have the most backstory on all of these uh teams so tell us about akbar and sherry yes team too many cooks two instead uh yes so this takes is a lot American- to make a stew i like what you said about stew <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> Xander is just making his way to 2022, 2020 <laughs> stew, if you will. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so here we are. This is a married couple of 45 and 44. So they are a bit of the older side for uh, our teams this season. They are in Martinsville, New Jersey. So the big to do with them. And as Dan mentioned, I believe this is one of the teams that has been highlighted on Ellen before is that Akbar is the principal of Westside High School. And essentially what he did was he created something called the Lights Out program, where for lights on, I lights on, lights up. on, yes. Yeah, exactly. No lights out. Uh, from 6 to 11 p.m., essentially he kept the school open after hours because he felt like if kids had nowhere to go after school, they'd find themselves getting into trouble. Let's give them sort of like a place to go to so they don't get caught up into, you know, more nefarious deeds. Apparently, the facts and figures prove that this program is a success. Uh, I don't know if Sherry works in the same school. I guess I would assume so. They, of course, have their own kids besides the ones that they are, you know, occupationally in charge of. Uh, they have been married for 17 years with three kids. And like you said, Rob, uh, they met playing Division One basketball, respectively. So that competitive drive is certainly there. They talk about in their, uh, you know, in some of their, their preseason stuff about how being a teacher uh, requires a lot of patience, requires a lot of uh, thinking things out methodically, you know, planning things through, but also changing things on a dime. So I'm really intrigued to see this. Clearly, as a married couple, they know each other's ups and downs, especially with how long they have been together. But I really do wonder how they're going to fare on the race. Okay. Um Jess, how does uh, this profile of uh, married educators uh, fare on The Amazing Race? 
Well, I will say now that I have had a little bit of experience with with the school system and with being around lots of children, now that I have a child in school, I think that the level of patience that you must cultivate when you teach school is something that should serve you very well. We've had very few, like relatively few teachers among the Amazing Race cast. So I think this could be a skill set that serves them well. And again, it's really hard to tell. Something that I usually go into these seasons thinking about is like, how is the travel going to sit with them? How are they going to be at interacting with the public? Like, how are they going to be at navigating? And a lot of these skill sets I don't know how they're going to work with this new in this brave new race world, because I feel like having the patience of an educator when you get lost and you need to find someone that can give you directions and you need to be able to communicate in a city that where they don't speak your language. I think that could be really helpful. But like we said earlier, they're not going to do that. So I don't know that that is going to be terribly helpful. However, I do think the fact that they're division one athletes, I think that does come into play. I don't believe with this bunch that age is going to play against them. I think this is a slightly older cast on the whole, and I think they're they seem like they're still in pretty good shape. So I like their chances. I have how old them. are they? They are in their forties, right, Mike? Yeah, mid forty five and forty four. Respectively, uh, yeah, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, three of us are in they're our. They're fine. They're fine. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at their T-shirt. Uh, focus on the love. Uh, do we know? Is this a their catchphrase? Is this their tagline, or they just like this shirt? I assume that it's it's a good mantra for the race. Uh, um, it is the it is the title of Akbar's book. So oh, yeah, I think oh, it's very much oh self promotion. Okay, mm-hmm. that's like the third option here. Focus uh, and I on think the if love. You, uh, yeah, so that's that's the name of uh, Akbar's book. In fact, if you Google Focus on the Love, Akbar Cook is the, the first name that shows up. Uh, yeah, actually, it looks like he came out with this book um, in March of this year. So, man, really capitalizing on 2021 is the year of Akbar. Maybe he had it like in draft and then uh, used the time off to publish the book. Yeah, this this is interesting because he must have been already writing the book at the time that they went on Amazing Race. And he must have already figured out what it's going to be called. But you would think that they would have spent the, the yachtus, you yeah. know, the, writing a book is a good thing to do yeah. in quarantine. Maybe I, I should know, read nervous, it. Rob. I'm nervous though, Rob, because, uh, you know, Travis from big brother 23 also came out with a book and he was the first boot. <laughs> Could this be the curse of the authors? <laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh, that, that, that would be interesting. Um, focus on the love colon, a transformative approach to organizational leadership. I should, I should read it. Yeah, this sounds like sounds like it's right up your alley, Rob. You I know can't, that's... I can't get it though. Uh, it's uh, limited availability, I, and I need the audiobook. Akbar, huh. hook me up. Yeah. Wow, it's a limited print run. These are going to be like collector's items. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan, how are you feeling about Akbar and Sherry? Well, you know, there's a shot in the promo where they just they're going slowly, and he's like slow and steady, and she's like no. And I feel like that kind of fits. I watched an interview. I keep, I keep bringing up Ellen at this point, but an interview and he's like, so laid back. Like he was, they were talking about how they added a laundry mat to their school. And he's just like, yeah, we just, we just saw it was a problem decided. And I look at that and I'm like, that is like Jess said, that patience, that laid back approach could be really good on the show, but it also could be a situation where they're so chill that they don't have that kind of 
dive into it approach that intensity. So I don't feel like they're first out regardless of the book curse, though. There are other authors on this in this group. There's other authors, you know, so we'll have to see. But I feel like they're kind of one of those teams that are going to hang out, you know, and do okay. I don't peg them as the winners, but I feel like they're going to be really likable and really laid back. And that'll serve, especially in the first few legs, which are not the kind of weird, you know, amazing race flight, do all that. They're going to be doing the normal things. So maybe that'll help them to at least survive um, across the blip, you know, or whatever we want to call that gap. You <laughs> survive know? across you know, the, the snap. blip. That's the name of my book that I'm working on. <laughs> yes, Surviving um, the blip. <laughs> Kevin Feige is going to have a word with you about yeah. that, Rob, about that title. Hmm. Wow. So hmm. are we saying that maybe Akbar has a little bit of the Murph from Tough as Nails energy? Uh, yeah. I mean, actually the exact opposite, considering that Phil told me, uh, and I have an interview with him coming up where he goes through each of the teams. He says that, you know, when Akbar enters a room, uh, whereas I think maybe, maybe Murph's <laughs> a little bit more of speak softly yeah. and carry a big stick. Mm-hmm. Akbar is the big stick. Yeah. Murph might be in the room right now and we wouldn't know. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to sneak in and I heard you guys were talking about one of my friend Phil's shows. Just wanted to <laughs> Murph, what are you? Jeez. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's a he's a marine, right? He's gonna, uh, mm-hmm. Sneak up yes, on you. Elf. Yes. Okay. Um, Akbar and Cherry. Is there a- anything else that we want to uh, get into uh, previewing Akbar and Sherry? No, I mean I I co-sign I think what both Jess and Dan said, and that I could see. I agree with Dan. I don't know. I think that that promo is living rent free in my head for many reasons, but one of them is seeing. Akbar and Cherry just sort of like slow walking in. I don't know if that's from the first couple legs, but they're already doing that from the beginning. I'm not sure how confident I am, especially as the race winnows down, but I'm excited to see whatever they're going to bring. Uh, they have a really big heartwarming story uh, as it seems. And it seems like they have a lot of like just really great intentions as well. Like I think they're going to bring a lot of, you know, personality to the race and especially for who they're doing it for, both their biological children and the children that they represent in the school as well. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be fun no matter how many legs they last on this race. Okay. Well, Mike, this raises a question. This is something that I, you know, I'm going to start going outside the box here. What if, is, is it possible that a team gets on the race and decides to take up this slow and steady ideal and realizes very quickly, this is not going to work manages to squeak through to the blip comes back post blip and has been doing like HIIT. Mm, that's interesting. Like, Oh God, I really got into CrossFit in the intervening yeah. 18 months. So interestingly, uh, just you sort of say like uh, the blip, it could be sort of like, all right, let's go into the locker room at halftime. Let's reassess <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. working. What's not we working there. We yeah. stay there for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that would be wild. Yeah. I, I want to see if like anybody takes what they've learned from like the first few legs and then like turns it on when mm-hmm. they come back. Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Like, could this be almost like its own pseudo returnee season, right? Like in the first mm-hmm. few legs, I learned how to do this and now I'm coming back and I'm going to do things 10 times better. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when Jeff Probst says about survivor contestants, like, all right, you need to play the first time. Like it's your second time. Like uh, then you have gone through and it's like you are playing the second time in your first time. Okay. All right. We'll see if anybody makes the halftime adjustments uh, when we get to uh, the big blip. All right. (laughs) Let's uh, move on from Akbar and Sherry. And uh, let's talk about our second team here. It's 
Anthony and Spencer. Uh, and Anthony and Spencer, they are best buds who one time took out a, a, a terrorist. <laughs> yeah, you put it so mildly. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are genuine American heroes. Uh, Anthony and Spencer and one of their other friends. These guys have been friends since like childhood, uh, since they were like 12 years old. Uh, they were taking a train from Amsterdam to Paris when an ISIS, ISIS terrorist uh, attempted to cause a lot of destruction on that train. And the three of them stepped into motion and were able to stop the terrorists, not without, you know, some harm. I believe Spencer has uh, literal scars to prove from the incident. Uh, and they were hailed as heroes. They received medals of honor from both, you know, the United States and France at the time. There is a flat out movie made about them called the 1517 to Paris, not only directed by Clint Eastwood, but starring them. They play themselves in the movie. What? Yeah. So apparently they were considering actors for it, but Clint Eastwood said that he would rather use them for it. So they, are uh, not shy when it comes to the camera. They played themselves in their own biopic. Wow. Okay. Um, this is why I had no idea about this. Yeah. So now these guys, I think they're public speakers now. Since obviously, I think they have their own sort of like uh, message to talk about. Uh, this is also not the first time their story has been shown on national TV. The third guy, Alex, actually was on Dancing with the Stars uh, as well. And uh, made it, I think, all the way to... I actually think he may have been... might be talking on my butt here. I'm pretty sure he was on the same season as former Amazing Racer Amy Purdy wow. as well. So, like, that, it, it's in the water. But, yeah, these... And but it should also be mentioned, outside of all this, uh, all of these guys are former military uh, as well. I was going to so, say, because I'm not that brave, but I didn't know you get so many, like, media opportunities, like, to do something heroic. I feel like that I'd be more likely to, if I saw something going down, instead of, like, cowering under my seat, I think I might be more likely to, you know, step up if I knew you get to do all this stuff. Yeah, I don't know do that it. you always get to do that stuff, right? Yeah, if you know that Clint Eastwood's going to make a movie about you, that's when you step up and become a hero. Truly, I don't think that's a good reason to do heroic things. Oh, okay. Uh, But yeah, so this this is the you know they're sort of uh, making good on another trip to Europe. Obviously, last time was eventful for many different reasons, but I think hopefully this should involve less pain, quite literally. Wow. Okay. How did they pick which two of the three guys got to do the Amazing Race? Did the third guy pass? I think it was like the third guy already got to be on a reality show. Did the this third guy like, play himself in the movie also? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. It's sort of like um, when we had the country music singers that were two thirds of a band. It's like, where did the third one go? Did she get to do anything? And the answer in this case is yes. The third member of the band has already been on television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Starring these three guys, Judy Greer and Jenna Fisher. Amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've not seen this movie. I keep confusing it with 310 to Yuma, which is a totally different movie. 310 to Yuma. Yeah, anything with times in the title is, yeah. is understandably confusing. I also correct myself that uh, Amy Purdy was not on the same. She was on a few seasons beforehand, but still uh, the amazing race breeding a, a lot of these people. So here they are. Uh, I, I have fairly high hopes for these guys though. Cause I think former military, we were actually speaking about Murph. I do think that idea of like discipline and being cool under pressure is obviously very key to the amazing race. Look, I don't want to boil things down to strength personally, but like these are also two very physically adept guys. Right. We know that the the race often I know that Dan talked about how weird the task might be, but I feel like the race includes a lot of that. 
it's very clear they are accustomed to travel, considering that they were sort of like globe trotting and also globe trotting. Uh, yeah, well, we'll talk about maybe a, a, an echo of them coming up <laughs> yes. in terms of size disparity. But I don't know. I think these guys seem like very nice, very calm. And those often don't make like the most exciting TV, but I think often makes for very capable racers. Yeah, I also wanted to mention they've been childhood friends since they were 12 years old and they share an apartment. So it's not like a case where these guys happen to be on a train and they don't really know each other and they get on the show and everything. I mean, they seem to be like best buds, which probably will help. But I was surprised. I mean, I, I swear that that movie from Clint Eastwood happened in an alternate reality and somehow appeared from the multiverse. Cause I had never heard of it until like right now, but I don't know. They don't seem as charismatic as I figured they might be, or even as strong. So I think they're going to do very well. But if you described all that to me, I would be, I would picture like, not Murph, but you know, somebody like really ready to fight. Yeah. And I don't know, they look like they've kind of gotten moved on more to the public speaking kind of leisurely life, which granted for the amazing race in this cast, they're still one of the more athletic teams, but I don't feel like they're like off in mm. the stratosphere in terms of, wow, these guys are the like Jack team. I think they're, they're kind of in the upper middle. Yeah. They have real like boring team that wins all the legs energy. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, they have a very, they have a very inspiring story, but to Dan's point, they might be a little bit less exciting on camera. I think they're going to be really, really good at the race. And I think we might be kind of wishing other more exciting teams were doing better, but I'm ready for any of these teams to prove me wrong. I, I've not seen the movie. I remember seeing previews of it. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't really know. I know the basics of their story and I've seen like a few little clips of them, but I do not know necessarily what they're going to do. But on the other hand, I think I've never seen, I've never seen a team that's more prepared for the pressure of the amazing race. Like Mm -hmm. once you have, once you have fought a terrorist on a train, what is there left for you to be stressed out? Yeah. I'm just wondering if the movie had a bad name, 1517 to Paris. I, I think that uh, was maybe not a, the best way to go. I think, what do you want to be called? Like I think Je- No, Je- Jess had it. Terrorists on a train. I, I think that you got that. And then, mm. uh, yeah, these guys. But then you're like, expecting Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, no, these, two, yeah, these guys are like, it. I've had it with these uh, mother truck and terrorists on this train. On this Monday to Friday train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it depends on it depends on the vibe. Like, I don't get that this was a terribly Michael Bay type movie, but I know. again, I haven't seen it. Twenty three percent on the tomato meter. Ooh, oof, mm-hmm. not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm sure. I'm, look, that's not on these guys. That could be on Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that could be. You know, that uh, just just in case, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood is listening. Um, <laughs> You know, I, but, I I don't want the Clint Eastwood stands to come after me. Oh man, he's gonna have fierce words for his chair later on tonight. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Anthony and Spencer. Uh, I mean, probably would would surprise no one uh, to see them as the the winners of the Amazing Race. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me in the least. I, yeah. I think I think they absolutely True. have what it takes to go far. Uh, I mean, maybe who knows? I think there are some teams that surprisingly falter later on. But I think if you're just looking at like the pure quote unquote resumes. Of teams, I think Anthony and Spencer are definitely one of the stronger ones out of this group. Okay. All right. Who's next? 
All right, let's talk about Arun and Natalia. What a wonderful team. <laughs> Arun and Natalia. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, its own sort of dynamic duo. Father-daughter team. I just double-checked this. We have not had a parent-child team on the Amazing Race US since season 28. Wow. Okay. All right. Jess, uh, are you pumped up to have uh, dad and daughter, Arun and Natalia here? I'm kind of amazed that it's been that long since we've had a parent-child team, but also parent-child teams are one of those situations. Well, what, what about like Frank and Jerry? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, oh, Mike. Oh, I'm so Michael. sorry. I is, forgot is that, about Frank and Jerry. Is that a father-daughter since uh, not since 28? Yeah, not since 28, definitely. I, I For some reason, I forgot about poor Jerry and Frank. Oh. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Oh. Jerry and Frank out there. Never forget them. them. Yeah. Except when we just did. <laughs> I'll never I mean, forget them. Parent-child teams are tough. They were my winner picks. Really, yeah. Were they really? I think so. Wow. Or I drafted them. I drafted them. Yeah. You drafted them. They were on your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, parent-child teams are tough because you, the parent has to be, like, in their 50s, generally speaking. And age can sometimes play against you on this on this race. But again, this is kind of this cast skews older. So Arun might be a little bit more at home. He's, he is the oldest member of the cast by quite a few years, but he's still, he seems like he's in good shape. And I think it's not going to be, it's not going to be a handicap for him for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. I think that, um, they seem like one of the most likable teams. Like I'm really excited to root for them. They seem to have a fun relationship. She also was trying to um, get money for her wedding, which I think has already happened according to what mm-hmm. I've seen. Yeah. So I don't know. She was, that she was she trying to, well, I, I, just want, I just want to clear that up. She's trying to win the amazing race to win money for her wedding. At the time, oh, yeah. it's, it's not like she has like a GoFundMe, like, hey, everybody give me some money for my wedding. It could be like yeah. they have the GoFundMe URL on their T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and, please go to this website. Like it's a, it's a QR code just plastered, screen printed on their T-shirts yeah. that you can scan. Hashtag Natalia's nuptials. Uh, yeah. So Natalia, she actually put off her wedding initially to go onto the race, uh, is the story because this is one of our genuine super fan teams. Uh, they've been watching basically since the beginning, uh, you know, even though Natalia says like, Oh, we're on this show for a rune. This is a rune's dream come true. She's been watching since she's eight years old. Like the amazing race has basically been a part of her life at a very foundational age. So this is going to be one of the teams I think to Jess's point that is going to be very much the, oh my God, we're on the amazing race. I can't believe it teams, uh, which is going to be very fun. I mean, Arun is someone who, you know, lived in India. Uh, Natalia says that he drove stick shift in Indian traffic. And I guess it's almost comparable to Anthony and Spencer, not directly, but like, hey, if you can do that, you can do a lot of stuff. Unfortunately, I think a bit stymied by the fact that uh, this is going to be one of the rare seasons where they don't go to India. And you would think they would really have an advantage from that perspective. But I think that, and Rune and Natalia do have a fair good set of skills. Again, I'm not sure from the physicality perspective, but I think when it comes to navigating a lot of tasks, I mean, we saw this with probably the most infamous father-daughter team in Amazing Race history with Ron and Christina. Ron knew so much about so many things that they did really well on the race because it did feel like for some reason, no matter what they were doing, Rod had some sort of applicable experience to it, almost like the Jill of all trades aspect that we recently saw in Tough as Nails. 
I get a very similar vibe from Aruna to Talia. So I think I think they're going to do very well on the task themselves. I just hope that you know they don't get too bogged down by maybe some of the other factors of the race that they might not necessarily be that skilled in. Okay. Anything else on Arun and Natalia, who seem like uh, they will be a lot of fun to have on the season? Do we think this is the team that is most likely to have practiced balancing bottles on their head in the middle of their living room? Hmm. There's one other team that did it that that would, and I think that team would be much like Will and James, more likely to film it than Arun okay. and Natalia did. Mm, um, fair. Is, is this the least famous team uh, that is competing on this season of The Amazing Race? Um, I would say they're one of two. One of two. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So I would say definitely so. Okay. Uh, their t-shirt just says Detroit versus everybody. Uh, who you got, Detroit or everybody? I'd have to put money on Detroit. <laughs> and they don't mess around in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they'll bite your kneecaps. Uh, Dan, you're, you're a Midwest guy. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Detroit all the way. You know, I, I like the Dan Campbell reference there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think they are going to be fierce. I would love to, for them to do really well. I don't know. We'll see. But Detroit all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this Red Wings propaganda that uh, I'm trying to uh, place the uh, red T-shirt of Detroit uh, versus everybody? Maybe. I don't think it's the Tigers. So, mm-hmm. and it's definitely not the Lions. I mean, yeah. come on. But, you know, maybe Red Wings could mm-hmm. be. Okay. All right. Uh, Aruna and Natalia. Uh, let's see uh, how it goes uh, for them. All right. Uh, who's next? It's, oh, Caro and Ray. And these are veterans of Love Island. Uh, the f- first. Love Island uh, contestants to now transcend Love Island and enter uh, the uh, CBS uh, uh, Pantheon. Transcend Love Island is such an odd phrase. I love it. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Carol and Ray. All right. These two. This is my winner pick right here. All right. They are veterans of CBS reality. They have what it takes. Okay. They're uh, hot people from an island ready (laughs) to take on the amazing race. Okay. Who here saw them? Can somebody who has watched Love Island summarize this for me, Rob? Mm, Well, I saw this. I saw the beginning of uh, Love Island. Uh, Carol, she has really cool hair. Okay. Uh, Just amazing hair. Noted amazing race skill. Yes. Amazing Uh, hair to amazing race. We probably will need to check in with Kirsten McInnes and Brian Scally to get the full backstory on Carol and Ray. But uh, look, that CBS is uh, will do whatever it takes to make Love Island happen. Yeah, so Are they, they bringing were, that back. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. They they filmed two seasons during the pandemic, so yeah, wow. they are absolutely bringing hot dummies on an island. Uh, will persist no matter what the state of the world might be. Uh, Carol was definitely. I I saw bits and pieces of Love Island season one as well. She was definitely one of the standouts from a personality perspective, uh, and she ends up finding Ray near the end of the season. And they were at the time one of the rare couples to actually stay together post love island and as what rob would say it transcended to the amazing race what should be noted here is at the time of the race they were not only dating but dating long distance which i feel like actually does not 
Uh, it's not a moniker that does terribly well on The Amazing Race. Again, I might be misremembering. The only one I can really think of is uh, Chris and John from The Amazing Race Season 6. But usually, I do feel like absence makes the heart grow fonder, but does not make for the best Amazing Race team. Hmm. There was another team, um, I think Season 13 or so, who were 24 hours behind the other teams and you couldn't tell like where they were in the race because the sunlight was the same, except they were a full day behind. And I think they were, they were either internet dating or dating long distance. Um, okay. But yeah, I also, I'm thinking of another team that met on a reality show and then became an amazing race team. Um, I'm thinking of Eric and Danielle who came back to amazing race all-stars after having met on the amazing race. But the thing that nobody knew about Eric and Danielle was that they had already broken up by the time they started filming. Mm. And honestly, the long distance dating aspect, this is not as much of a handicap as you might think it is because I'm going to go back to Eric and Danielle again, who barely knew each other dated very briefly and then became a team. If your partner on the race is a stranger, sometimes that is actually very good for you. Because you don't have any baggage and you don't have any history. And so everything that your team does can become about the race. So all you have in Mm. common is these other teams you've met and these tasks in front of you. And you just have to focus on those things and it can become your entire life without having to worry about your relationship at the end of this, for instance. Um, I mean, it can be bad because you don't know what the other person is good at and what the other person is not good at. But even like a Blair and Haley, for instance, did very, very well on the race, despite not getting along as humans at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're going to be excited to be spending uh, time uh, with each other. They don't get a lot of time together that uh, he is uh, living in Tom's River. She's in Los Angeles. So this is going to be some uh, primo bonding time for Caro and Ray that this is going to be a recipe for success. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised I, if they're married by the end of this. <laughs> um, well, I also wonder, you know, Ray is also now an aspiring dentist. So do we oh, think skills like Hermie the Elf? That, that is yet another term I've never heard before in my life. Aspiring <laughs> dentist. From Instagram. I don't know. It's true. Hmm. Is that in his bio? But yeah. also, yeah, like, it's in his bio I, don't know, I usually easy. when I think of aspiring, I think it's associated with like an entertainment or an influencer perspective. Like, I guess is, is dentist like a teeth influencer? I so I guess he's aspiring. You could be a dental regard. influencer. Sure, there's a lot of those. Mm-hmm. They hit up reality stars all the time to talk about their. It's got a great like, teeth smile. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He could do it. I believe in. I believe oh, yeah. in Ray. I believe. In, I believe in Caro and Ray. So uh, that's look. I'm feeling uh, really good. Good vibes from Caro and Ray. And let's let's see uh, how it goes uh, once we get to the Amazing Race. Do you think this is going to be the gateway, no matter how they do, for more Love Island couples to show up again? Their success rate is pitifully minimal, but I don't think that would stop them from casting these couples. Now, when you say that their success rate of other CBS reality stars on The Amazing Race is uh, is pitifully minimal. No, I would say couples coming from Love Island actually working out. Oh, okay. Well, look, Caro and Ray, they are going to break the mold. I, that, uh, I feel good about that, Mike. So uh, that we'll see. They are the first Love Island couple, but I wonder, will we get a tough as nails pair ever? I mean, I feel like that that's sort of the brand synergy uh, that I feel like. If The Amazing Race does a season 34, like, don't, don't you want to see it? 
Well, who do you want from Tough as Nails, Rob? I I think that's key. I mean, I feel like that there's so there's so many different pairs uh, that you can go to. I mean, you could go with uh, rivals like Danny and Murph, or you could go to people that like sort of like uh, had a bond on the show. Uh, maybe uh, a you know uh, two people to rep- maybe have a, a Dirty Hands pair and a Savage Crew pair. Past it's like winners Phil Kogan being like one for me, thirty three for you. <laughs> like bring one of my team, bring one of my teams on. All tough as nails. And then Rupert Lee. Yeah, Rupert. I I mean, Rupert, it would just be. Rupert Lee and Michelle. Phil couldn't be, uh, uh, you know, like he he would not be able to, uh, like, as much of a professional as Phil is. I think he would have a hard time (laughs) just keeping it fair for Rupert Lee. He needs to keep it neutral. And Mm -hmm. it would just be like, uh, Phil, you know that there are 10 other teams. He loves Rupert Lee too much. Talk to them. Yeah. Okay. Be a wang dang doodle for sure. All right. Uh, Who else we got? Oh, it's Connie and Sam. Okay, uh, let let's talk about. Uh, is this like the real life uh, Friday Night Lights? Uh, not Connie Britton, uh, but here's uh, Connie and Sam, Mike. Yeah, it's like it's more comparable to the Blind Side, which in and of itself is a real life story. So it's odd to call this the real life Blind Side, but it's comparable. So Sam is. Uh, we have more educators in the mix. Uh, Sam is a teacher and high school football coach. His story is that this high school was uh, the bad news bears. They were pitifully suffering when it came to football. They hadn't won a championship in 60 years. Under Sam's tutelage, they were able to do so. But not only that, uh, Sam was apparently like given a list of kids that like were not doing so well academically that like they couldn't play football. Uh, He had talked with one of these kids uh, and basically this kid he found out was homeless uh, and so basically he and Connie were able to bring this guy and her his sister into their home as sort of their adopted children. Uh, and he became Sam's star quarterback that helped lead their team to a championship. And I believe his son now attends West Point. So, again, uh, they have sort of like their own pseudo claim to fame, as it were. But it's safe to say, much like a lot of these pro athletes, right, bring their own competitive drive, spirit, uh, you know, sense of tenacity onto the show. I think a coach would do that as well, similar to like what Jimmy Johnson attempted to do on Survivor Nicaragua. So I think Sam is definitely going to sort of take, I think, each leg one quarter at a time. Okay. How old are Connie and Sam? 39 and 37. Okay. Good age. Good age for uh, for, for racing. And so, uh, Dan, how are you feeling about Connie and Sam? You know, this is one of the teams where I don't have a great read on them because I can look at them and I'm like, they look a lot like other couples that have been on where the dude looks a little intense and might kind of, I don't know, be a little too into the race early on and think like we're terrible because we were fourth instead of first or we're better than these teams. But I look at them and I just don't see much. I mean, I know he's a football coach and she's a teacher and I don't, I don't know. I, I don't get the impression they're going to take the race by storm and be one of these couples that just dominates. I have a feeling that it might not go so well. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a vibe of surprisingly early exit flame out disaster. That's oh what my I would God. say. But no, I don't mean wow. because of them as people. I'm just talking about on the race. I don't know. I'm just not getting great, um, great success for Connie and Sam on the race. Hmm. 
Okay. Jess, how are you, how are you feeling con- for Connie and Sam? I can't get a read on these people. I, I'm having a hard time, especially like Amazing Race's web producer is sleeping on the job and hasn't put up the cast bios yet. I feel like I would have a better idea of how I think these guys are going to do based on how they answer their questions. Um, like I, I need to know what is what are they most afraid of? Um, how would they describe their partner? Have they done a lot of traveling before? Mm-hmm. I don't know either. It could go either way, honestly. Okay. I think being a coach is helpful. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I can't really give you, I have them kind of middle of the road on my rankings, but I don't really know. I, it could go either way. So Mike, uh, Connie and Sam, they have a great story, uh, but do they have like a national profile also? Like are, are they sort of a team that the uh, CBS name is race found because of uh, their story or are they also uh, famous outside of the amazing race? Is this, another, is this another one of the Ellen teams? No, I don't think so. Um, no, the other, other Ellen team. They I'll, will we'll be now them. once we'll Ellen hears this story. <laughs> no, I did, I did some research. And like you said, Jess, they're beyond CBS. There's not a lot of info. Like he's there. He's on Twitter, but there's really not much oh. there. He posts some, posts some family pictures and stuff. And, you know, some motivational football. I think this is one of the teams that's pretty much not that well known. So they don't have the big, I don't think they were on Ellen. Though I may have to double check that. Yeah, I, there's pre- also um, don't look at their Twitter because I just got spoiled about something. Oh okay. great! All right. Well, don't yeah, don't public service. Forget what I just okay. said. Yes. All right. They are they are on Twitter, but don't look at it. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Look at it from afar. Blur your eyes while you it's like an it. eclipse. Something that's interesting to me is I saw something where. Connie said she was not a competitive person. Now, I don't know if this is I'm not as competitive as my high school football coach or Sam really wanted to do this. And I said yes to being his partner, Mm -hmm. which I feel like are two very different things. Uh, I'm really intrigued by this because while I did make the comparison to other pro athletes, what pro athletes have, I think, is that natural sense of athleticism. Not to say that Sam isn't in shape, but I do wonder, you know, uh, how much is like how how uh, jacked is Ted Lasso, you know, in comparison to some of the other Richmond AFC players? I, I, I'm uh, so, I'm a little confused at the, the the point you're making, Mike. Uh, are you saying that uh, that S- Sam is or is not in good shape? I'm saying that I don't know if just because he coaches athletes means that he himself is an athlete. Uh, you know, yes. But on the other hand, if Ted Lasso ever went on the Amazing Race, I really like his chances. You like his chances? <laughs> oh I, yeah. No, him, him and Coach Beard, do you think that's a good Him and match? Coach Beard, yeah, that is yeah. a winning Ted, combo. Just Ted is going to get way too distracted. He's going to be talking to everybody. That he's, he doesn't have, he's not a killer. That's why you need Coach Beard. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, like, I'm real- going gonna, gonna to get into this a little bit later on with a couple of these teams. Who you have as your partner is really important. Like Nobody will U-turn Ted Lasso, but I feel no. like that uh, like he's going to get to the board and just like, uh, I, can't, I love all these people. <laughs> But the task judges are going <laughs> to give him a free pass because he's so great. Yeah. That's why Roy and Keeley would be the best amazing race team by mm, far. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Fair for, point. For more on Ted Lasso's adventures, uh, check out the brand steel Mike and I did last week. <laughs> yeah. Somewhat <laughs> applicable. Mm-hmm. Okay. A- anything else on Connie and Sam? No, I mean, I think to to like, uh, you know, copy what Justin Dan said. I don't know. I, I think this is one of the more ubiquitous teams, maybe it's because they don't have as much of a national profile, but 
I could see them being surprisingly competent at a one at a number of things just because of like how Sam would be able to to motivate this team along. But I could also see them be maybe one of these more uh, bickering married couples that flames out in the first few legs as well. To Dan's point, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, let's take a look at our next team. We have. It's Kim and Penn. Yeah, I think this is by far and away the team that people are clamoring most about. If you're talking about famous faces on this season with no disrespect to, again, the literal American heroes that are on this season, this is by far the yes. central focal point of a lot of the amazing race. Okay. The Holderness family is here and they are ready for the amazing race. Jess. Okay. What's the excitement level right now? Um, I'm at about an 11 here. Mm-hmm. I know that the Holderness family is very polarizing and Why? I have been, who doesn't, who doesn't like them? Let me fight them. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of ubiquitous. To, so- like, if, if your Facebook algorithm got a hold of them, that's all you're going to see in your feed. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is a plus because I freaking love these guys. I have been a fan since well before they were cast for Amazing Race. Oh, And like our household, like George and I are, are huge Kim and Penn fans. Um, we have watched, this came out obviously well after the, the blip happened, but uh, George and I have watched their Frozen parody about vaccination day probably <laughs> 150 times. Yeah. Now, Am I correct in my understanding of uh, their uh, career that I I feel like that they really blew up uh, during the blip? Is that is that fair to say? I mean, they had a couple of videos that had gone pretty viral. They're for people who don't know. They're the Christmas jammies. Yeah, Christmas jammies. What their most viral song is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had one video go viral and then they they realized they could make a living doing this. And so they left their day jobs and the whole family gets in on it, but the kids are kind of like, they're kind of cameos at best. It's really just the two of them and it's Mm -hmm. mostly him, but this plays into how I think these guys are going to do on the race because I think they are perfect complements of each other. Like I don't know them personally, but based on how they are in the videos, it's like, he is the, he's the hyperactive one and she grounds him. Mm-hmm. And in fact, like I have my ADHD is awesome t-shirt that I ordered from their website. Um, I figured I should wear this because I'm going to be standing these people all season to an annoying degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and already I can see the tweets. Like you're going to at me like, it's creepy that you like this team. Why do you like something? Why do you express your preference? For Why something do you over like another? something? Yeah, it's it's creepy to like things. It's not creepy to like things. I love these guys. I watch their videos. I'm rooting for them on the race. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to be partial to create a good podcast. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they're going to do really well because one of my favorite things they do content-wise is 
he creates a lot of videos about coping with ADHD and about life hacks that help you if this is how your brain works. And it, it is very much how my brain does. Mm-hmm. I watched one of his ADHD life hacks videos. And I'm like, this is all stuff I already do. Um, like you keep, you keep like 15 key rings on your keychain so that it's easier to find when you lose it, or you use your Apple watch to ping your phone when you lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has this very creative brain and he is good at thinking outside the box and solving problems and hyper-focusing on a task. But if you had two people like that on a team, they would do very badly because they just, they'd bounce off of each other. They'd get frustrated easily. And so this is why you have Kim who is really very grounded and who can kind of rein him in when it's necessary. Okay. The Holderness family, this is a big deal because mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell you that uh, my wife told me, hey, did you know the Holderness family is going to be on The Amazing Race? Yeah, well, yeah. your wife knows who they so Is Nicole going to be watching? I don't know. I think she, uh, I mean, let's. I mean, we'll keep it real. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> um, but, you know, that could, could Nicole name an Amazing Race team that has competed in the last 10 years? I don't think so. Yeah, so this is, again, like, it works. But here's the thing. This is not stunt casting. They are out-and-out super fans of Mm -hmm. The Amazing Race, which I think is also really going to help them as well. Now, look, I don't know if they're necessarily going to go to the Will and James level of, like, practicing things beforehand because they do have a very busy family as well as a very busy career. Then they maybe wouldn't necessarily be given the time to do that. But I think if you're looking for a team that's incredibly well-studied on the race... I think it's going to be them. And more often than not, that really, really pays off. I also think the height discrepancy is is often going to help things as well. It doesn't seem as egregious as like a flight time and big easy thing where Penn is going to be like stricken from doing certain roadblocks. Uh, And so I do think that physical skill set will help, whether it's like getting down small to help, I don't know, uh, hand tighten bolts or whether it's like reaching up to go grab things uh, on a top shelf. Uh, I think that these two sort of have that, covered not only in a height perspective but as just said in a skill perspective as well i don't know i, I think they're gonna do well uh listen let's look at past amazing race teams we had a set of news anchors win these were former news anchors yeah we had a team wearing light blue win and jason and amy they're wearing light blue here as well wow. all the dna is there wow yeah you've convinced me mike Oh, wait, I was already convinced. But yeah, these are good points. Yeah, very good points. Also, uh, we are new-ish to the uh, Raleigh area, but they are the, the hometown team to the point that uh, I, I mentioned to somebody that, oh, like uh, what, what I do for a living. I talk about the, that uh, one of the shows I, I podcast is The Amazing Race. Like, Did you know the Holderness family is going to be on The Amazing Race? <laughs> they have a lot of support in the area. I will say I, I found out who they were on the cast like the day they left for filming. And it was like I was devastated when they had to shut down. Like, what if these guys never come back and never get to be on The Amazing Race and I won't get to watch them? I was upset. Oh, I thought you were saying that you, when you found out they were going to be The Amazing Race, you were bummed out that, well, wh- when are they going to make more videos? <laughs> they always have a backlog. Okay. I'm not worried about that. Okay. So, Dan, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say I admit that I did not know really anything about them before this cast came out. And I went through the whole thing where at first I went, 
oh, great, you know, YouTube people and everything. But then as I thought about it more and I looked into it more and I see him singing and all the ridiculous stuff and I'm like, you know, they're more endearing than I expected. And then I think about it, like you said, Mike, where beyond even the blue shirts, you think about Tyler and Corey because like Tyler, huge star. You look at it and you're like, well, that's kind of like a gimmick. And then you're like, no, they really know the show and they've, they're really good at it. And I kind of feel like from what we've all talked about, I don't know if they're going to do as well, like, you know, final three both times, but still, I feel like they have a chance because they're comfortable in front of the camera. They know each other really well. They obviously know each other well being a couple mm-hmm. for a long time, but also just they know each other very well. I bet they've, they are athletic. <laughs> yes. And also just um, having the fandom and all of that. I look at it and I'm like, Yeah. I think they're going to do very well. And I think that's okay. And now I'm kind of like, you know, how have I lived in a world where again, I totally miss all of this and I may have to watch some videos um, and see how they do, because it seems like they're going to do well and be kind of the bigger characters at the same time. Yeah. We should also mention, we love amazing race music tasks. Considering that they make musical parodies, I do think that's going to they have to do uh, they have to play Daylight Come and We Want to Go Home again on the steel drums. I mm-hmm. think that, you know, Kim and Penn have this in the bag. OK, anything else about Kim and Penn, a.k.a. the Holderness family? Nope, super excited. Yeah, let's see what they can Good do. Man. All right. Uh, who's next? We've got. Oh, Lulu and Lala. All right, now someone can fact check me. I feel like we haven't had twins on in a while. Uh, actually, no, we had we had well, we had the twins on in, in season thirty, but if that feels like like years and years ago, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, let's say Spicium Music. These are twins and iHeartRadio DJs. Okay, uh, so they're yeah. someone that knows the way about it. I believe they also are uh, dancers as well. Yes. Uh, do we know anything about their radio career? I mean, what what is their program? Are they they're playing music? They seem to be you in know, the tri-state I- area. Well, that's the thing. They're from North Bergen, New Jersey, which is uh, my home turf at the moment. So I should probably I did not do my homework. I did not tune on. I did <laughs> yeah, not find the to call my, signal. My iHeartRadio app. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll quickly look into it. But they are they're they're twinning right now. And look, some of the most infamous characters in Amazing Race history were twins. Uh, so I'd be intrigued to mm-hmm. see like uh, how much Natalie and Nadia do they possess? Okay, here. they appear to be uh, on uh, the famous uh, one hundred three point five KTU, Mike. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, they are. I believe they play uh, Latin music. I believe is, mm-hmm. is what their sort of claim to fame is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, we'll uh, check out uh, what they have going on on uh, 103.5. KTU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, uh, Dan, how do you feel about Lulu and Lala? Yeah. So I watched their videos. I even was on their website. And, you know, it's a fancy website. They seem to do a fancy lot of appearances. Website. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's rare for a team. But I don't get a great gauge about they don't really talk at all about the show and if they've watched it much and everything. And I don't want to make assumptions. They might be the biggest super fans mm-hmm. ever. They just haven't. They don't mention that at all. So I, you know, well, my that's tendency, the pro move. Yeah. My, uh, yeah. Dan, don't they, tell they, they, yeah, you want to you don't want to like, you know, it's just like uh, if that's like if, you, if you're not really a super fan, you try to overdo it. Oh, I'm such a big super fan. But when you really are, you don't have to say it. They just have that quiet confidence. Yeah, I mean, 
it's hard to say how well they're going to do. They're obviously going to be comfortable on the show, but I, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't mean to be negative about any team. I think they could do amazing. I don't get the impression they're going to do awesome, but that could just be me not having enough information like just talked about with the other teams. It should be noted that they both speak Spanish, which what might come into play. They do have one leg in Portugal, which is not exactly similar, but might give them a leg up above other teams. Uh, something in their press video that was really interesting that they really wanted to mention was that they spent five years working in a hardware store, so they know how to like get their hands dirty. Oh, I don't know if, oh boy, yeah. So I don't know if the implication is like, Hey, just because we they forced us to wear pink doesn't mean that like you were worried wow. about you know changing oil or anything. But yeah, they're they're very insistent that like they're not just voices. You know, mm-hmm. they they have some skills as well. Or are they trying to suck up to Phil by implying that they're <laughs> tough as nails? <laughs> tough as nails, yes. Yeah, boy, uh, Dan, and I'm checking out the uh, Lulu dot com fancy website. Yes. They, yeah. They're very into the being the twins. It's it's the selling point. You know, they're yeah. they're tied together at the hip with their careers. They are also on cameo. You can get a cameo from Lulu and Lala already. Just thirty dollars for a Lulu and Lala cameo. It's a steal. Now, that's tough, though, because now do we have to speculate of like, OK, does that mean that they win and they want to get in ahead of the trend? No, they just want to talk to their fans. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, again, they, they sort of have their own perspectives. I mean, this is another one, much like the Holderness family. They're broadcasters, so I think they're going to be able to make good TV no matter how long they last. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that what Phil told me is that they are maybe the most connected pair of twins he has ever encountered. Oh, shots fired. On the Amazing Race, I know. Uh, maybe he's upset about how much the twins have, other twins have found success on other reality shows. So, like, I don't know how much of the bickering we're necessarily going to get, as we might with other twin teams. We might see them more in in simpatico. And that happened with the twins on uh, Amazing Race 30, right? And they made it all the way to fifth place. So I think Lulu and Lala could actually do pretty well here. There's nothing that's glaringly sticking out to me one way or the other as to, like, whether or not they do bad or good, but I just have like a pretty good gut feeling mm-hmm. about them. Okay. I, uh, first off love to say Lulu and Lala. I, it's a very, it's, I mean, that's the, listen, they're, they're full names disclosure. Are, their legal names are not Lulu and Lala, but good branding on them to go by. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's very fun to say. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, look, I'm happy to see fellow, uh, radio professionals. That's like podcasting. They'll they'll have good microphone equipment when good we do our exit equipment. interview. Yeah. So all right, sure. let's let's see what happens with Lulu and Lala. Okay. All right. Yeah. Justin, anything else on Lulu and Lala? Not really. I think we have a mixed track record with twins on the on the series. Like they're very keyed into each other, but they also have they come frequently with the same skill set. So it'll be interesting to see how these two do. Okay, who's next? Okay, we have Let's see. Michael and Mo, the singing police officers. Okay, when Mike started talking about the the in, in the impressive height discrepancy, I thought he was talking about these two. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. Uh Mike, what can you tell us about Michael and Mo? 
Michael and Mo are police officers, both from Buffalo, uh, and they are known, as you said, I believe they have their, their own Instagram account for the fact that they are singing police officers. They like to croon together. Uh, and it should be safe to say, again, we're talking about fandom. Michael is a big fan of the show, so much so that in preparing for the race, he lost 50 pounds. Wow. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, Michael looks like he's in uh, I- incredible shape. Yeah, Phil said that uh, either Michael like is a bodybuilder on the side or like uh, maybe has aspirations to be one. But yeah, very physically adept. If you're looking for another guy in the vein of Aruna and Natalia or the Holderness family that did his homework, it is Michael. Uh, unfortunately, I think that gives a bit Mo a bit of like the and Peggy vibes of like, hey, I'm just here at the same time. Uh, but listen, this is another group that knows how to create content uh you know i think they're very much playing up their own height differential like their own comedic pairing vibe very much akin to like the rock and kevin hart in that regard and i think we're gonna get a lot of that kind of content from them so what is their preferred medium so i I get the sense that michael and mo that it's not just that they are like singing around the police station right that there is like some other place where they are creating content mike yeah, Dan, uh, did you do any sort of deep diving into the tunes that these guys are cranking out? Well, yeah, they were on Ellen. They, uh, they were also on Ellen, yes. But I guess they were initially discovered singing together just in like a restaurant. So it was one of those kind of viral things where someone caught a video of them. And they sing like My Girl is a big song. They sing. They also have a song on iTunes called Different that they put together that I guess that I've caught up with hmm. so i mean and actually uh, an, an Mo, original song from michael original and Mo? song i believe called different yes i think that is their song um at least to my knowledge so it's it's only one song though they don't have like an album but it's under the singing police officers okay. i believe all right so mo's a gospel singer so i think that's more his thing michael i think kind of came in is a good singer but it's kind of the secondary singer you know of the two but apparently they said they pull people over and people like, oh, they're giving them a ticket and they just want them to sing for them. Hmm. So it's a whole thing. Now, I don't know if right I, now I didn't know that you could this. give requests like that to law enforcement. Yeah. Who would have thought it became Cold Stone Creamery? Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, we got a tip. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's wild that, you know, when you are when you have committed some infraction, I had no idea you could give the police officers uh, your requests. Do you think people are committing infractions on purpose to get pulled over by the singing cops? Mm-hmm. I, I don't definitely. I you got like? Do, do you like see them and then you speed up? Yeah, or you, like, like, come bust, get me. Bust your own tail light of like, oh man. <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to ask any Buffalo listeners out there. Uh, yeah, that's interesting, Dan. That you say that Mo is like almost the the lead of the duo. You're like the Paul Simon, but it seems like when it comes to the Amazing Race team, I think Michael is more the lead. Well, yeah, Michael was a former college basketball player. He also played professionally overseas. So um, obviously has that athletic background where I think he could he could do well, especially if he doesn't get caught like Cedric sitting in that boat or Big mm-hmm. Easy, I think, had a similar thing. So there are tests that might be a problem being that he's 6'5". Okay, so what does Mo bring to the table? Michael's the super fan. <laughs> That he's just the other the other singing cop. I guess that 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 his is his uh, like um, claim to fame. Yeah, I mean, Jesse talk about this all the time, though, right? Especially with with preordained pairs that there's often the 
person who's really excited to be on there and then the other person. Not to say that Mo is not going to bring his own form of entertainment, but I would not be surprised if it was Michael driving a lot of content from this team on the season. Yeah, it's basically like, um, are you the Gary of your team? <laughs> and no. Gary, yeah. And Gary. <laughs> um, Mike, I heard that Buffalo, New York, doesn't even have uh, the best singing cops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do, you, do, you know, do you know what that's from? Is that... Well, I'm trying to think, is that, I know there was a time in Big Brother 23, right? When it was like, oh, Buffalo doesn't have the best wings and Britney went crazy. So <laughs> hopefully nobody makes reference to that and they get based on a U-turn board. So that was one of the highlights of uh, Big Brother 23 uh, for me. Yeah, so a big year for uh, Buffalo to get uh, reality TV contestants onto CBS. We'll see. I mean, yeah, so- they're not even the first team from Buffalo. Yeah, we've we've had amazing racers before. Mm-hmm. All right. Had, yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember what's what's the history of law enforcement on the Amazing Race. Like I know we had like Art and JJ, but I'm trying to think. Like there was there Louis, good- and, Louis and uh, Michael. Those guys, Louis and Michael, yeah. did pretty well. Um, yeah, Kevin and Drew, I guess, were they? You know, um, were they were they cops? I think no, they were frat brothers. Oh, that's right. I was thinking one of them weren't in the court. One or the though. other. So, same difference. So yeah, I think I think I think Drew did, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to think if anyone's mm-hmm. done really well. Has anyone won as cops though? Hmm. I don't know. It's a uh, stumper. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, Michael and Mo, uh, singing police officers. Uh, let's let's see uh, if w- will we get to see uh, them uh, doing a lot of like on the fly. Like if they like a uh, all right, Michael and Mo, you're the first team to arrive. Will they have like a song ready to go? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, especially if as Dan said, if they're they'll have, to have original, original songs. Mm-hmm. If yeah. they're producing original music, then they are one hundred percent Phil being like, "Oh, I heard you have a song for this occasion," mm-hmm. and they'll absolutely yes. sing to Phil. Just will Phil join them in singing uh, as he uh, did once upon a time when he uh, rapped uh, with, uh, <laughs> with with uh, with Floyd? I think if if he does, it's going to show up in a secret scene. I don't think they're going to air that. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else on Michael and Mo? No, I'm just thinking about Phil singing and just brings a smile to my heart. I mean, I don't think anything can beat. They are number one, the one team fun. Uh, but I think if they somehow got Phil involved as sort of their own version of this, the Amazing Race Supremes, I would absolutely die. Okay. All right. Who's next? Okay. It's Raquel and Kayla, flight attendants. And we love flight attendants on the Amazing Race. We do. Uh, maybe not as much of an advantage as they might have thought when they first entered the race. No, they're going to be the de facto flight attendants on the plane. Do you think they, <laughs> they, they double booked now? Of like, all right, Raquel, Kayla, if you could get up and start distributing the drinks, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Make them sit in the jump seats. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody, we need you to put your seat back to the upright position because we're going to be taking off. All right. Yeah, yeah. They're, gonna, they're gonna have to do the safety demonstration. Mm-hmm. All right, Raquel and and Kayla. All right, uh, Dan, how you feel about Raquel and Kayla? You know, I, I watched their videos and it shows them like working out and looking really intense. And yeah. I don't know. I think they're gonna do okay. I you know because not because they're flight attendants. I mean, sure, that might make it a little easier to travel. 
But I feel like um, they, you know, they make a few comments about how, you know, they might, the usual comments about they're going to use certain skills to get ahead, but whatever. I think they're going to do better than people might expect. I'm, I'm sensing um, that they seem pretty physically fit. They seem to get along well. They said they've known each other for three years. So they're not like some of these teams that, that grew up together, but I think that's going to be okay. I, th- I think they are going to surprise us in a good way. That's my feeling at least. Okay. Yeah. It is weird though. Flight attendants don't historically do as well on the amazing race as one might think. True. It's I, I always pick them because I think like flight attendants, they're good at traveling. And then we had like in the influence season, the flight attendant went out very early. We had flight attendants went out in the Jenna and Ethan season very early. You have, um, well, I guess you have Jody Wincheski who mm-hmm. might have won the amazing race harder than anybody else, considering she works for CBS now and has for like a decade. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like, it's not as much of a skill as you think it is going in. I don't know, but then we yeah, just saw I, Ricard uh, do very well on Survivor. I was going to say, I think, I think flight attendants have more of a success record on Survivor than they do Fair. on The Amazing Race, yeah. to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's a matter of, yes, they're good at navigating you know, the airline situation, and they even talk in their video about how they're used to living out of a suitcase. But for some reason or another, that doesn't necessarily translate to tasks. And maybe that is sort of the the reason why is like, they're great at, at getting, you know, into the next country, but actually once they hit that country, like I remember that Christy and Jody were sort of like our bottom G dot Odysseys for the amazing race 14, where they just like could not get their stuff together necessarily. Yeah. That being said, I actually really agree with Dan and uh, that I would not be surprised if we're at like the final five and we're like, Oh, this team is still there. That's interesting. Sort of like um Haley and Kalen from mm-hmm. last season yep. of like, Really underestimated. I mean, they talked in their video about how they feel like 90% of the teams that are there think they're going to be the first out. Maybe it's just because they're a female-female team. Maybe it's because of the way they look. It is nice that their their B-roll is of them working out. It means that, again, they might be more physically adept than you might see initially when it comes to these tasks. I think there's someone, a team that could really slide by for a good portion of the race maybe not outright show themselves as a threat and win a bunch of legs but like again a team that you look at halfway through and say oh okay they're doing pretty well from themselves they haven't been eliminated yet Mm -hmm. so are they famous for anything else besides now being on the amazing race nope now i did look up that raquel is now a relationship life coach slash real estate so i don't know real estate i don't know if that's good history but um so she may have had a career change, but mm-hmm. no, they're very, they don't seem to have much of like social media or anything. I think they're pretty much regular people. Okay. Like we make fun of real estate on this podcast <laughs> a lot, but it, it's not a, you know, it's not a blocker. We do? No, not at all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I've been going to a website called uh, mtfeed.com uh, that seems to have uh, pages on each of the Amazing Race contestants. And so uh, it seems uh, like a little like uh, clickbaity in terms of like uh, what they have. But for each person, uh, they have uh, the, the final section is called uh, their net worth explore. And according to mtfeed.com, the net worth of both acquaintances, Raquel and Kayla, can be estimated between one to five million dollars. So Raquel and Kayla are not doing too shabby. Is that a spoiler? Do they win the race? Do they win? A million dollars applies to. (laughs) 
I think this is all pre-Amazing Race, but uh, so that they have a nice net worth going. How does that compare to the other people? Like, High, much do, higher. <laughs> much really? Higher, yeah. Like uh, Natalia, I believe, is like a, des- a UX designer for Ford, and her net worth is, is not higher than Raquel and Kayla's. I'm this sorry, Mike. This is creepy. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's weird. It's super creepy. It's like they scraped the net for every single piece of information about me. Like they went on one of those like Spoko sites and did a background check on it. It's really creepy. Okay. All right. You should be ashamed, MT Feed. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, Mike Bloom will never write for you, mtfeed.com. Yeah. Okay. You've lost yourself an opportunity, MT Feed. <laughs> okay. Plus, I don't know what I, I don't know how I would do it. I would just guess random numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else we want to uh, say with Raquel and Kayla? All right. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, two more teams to talk about. How about Ryan and Dusty? Uh, what a great, amazing race uh, team name, Ryan and Dusty. Maybe that's the reason why they, they ended up being together. But no, these are childhood friends. And this is another big story uh, because Ryan is a case that, especially if you are a true crime nut, you have probably heard of. Uh, at the age of 19, Ryan was arrested and convicted for a crime that he was accused of committing via someone having a dream. And he was wrongfully imprisoned. Somebody for having 10 a years. dream? <laughs> yes. Uh, so the story. I, are TL- dreams admissible in court? Just ask Shambo. Uh, yeah, as allegedly, like basically what happened was. This one person like went to a party, I think, with Ryan and Dusty that night and had like uh, had, you know, a chance encounter with Ryan. Uh, They had been witness to like a pretty gruesome crime and like had a dream where Ryan had been involved, decided to, to tell that to the police. And then there were other people who were involved that like had falsely corroborating evidence that Ryan was involved. And so, oh, my God, was this a season of serial? I, I mean, basically, uh, Dan, I know, did his research. I believe there is a Netflix movie about Ryan's father trying to get his son out of prison. That's how big it is. Yes, it's called Dream Slash Killer. It came out in 2015. Actually, it has 7.4 on IMDb, so oh. apparently it's worth seeing. It's not it's no, you know, uh, 1517 to Paris, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, it's really interesting. I didn't know much about their story. They're from Columbia, Missouri, which is where I went to college, which is about two hours from where I live. But, you know, it happened after I think after I was there. But um, it's a big story. I didn't know much about it. Now, I wonder, too. I mean, you know, Ryan talked about how it's great to just be outside. I know it's been a few years. So um, but that's going to be the big hook. But my question is, you know, they're friends, they're athletic. For the race, how is it going to translate or, you know, are they going to be as strong as maybe they look on paper? Yeah, and the, the, the one thing that I took away outside of obviously this like huge story is that there is like a little bit of a mention at the, at the smidge end of their video from Dusty, I think, about how they have very different skill sets. Uh, like I believe Ryan is a pilot trainer and Dusty is a sales manager. It's obvious they have very different experiences uh i believe ryan is very much into fitness like he's running all these spartan races he very much gone to physical fitness during his time in prison uh so this could be one of these teams where maybe on the surface you're like yeah these are like two sort of you know white bread bros that 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 you know uh fill that you know are sort of filling a similar skill set apparently i think they are more diverse in their skills than we may realize hmm okay 
Yeah, right. He's a pilot Dustin. trainer. Are they going to make him fly the Amazing Race plane? <laughs> Are they just <laughs> putting everyone someone. to work? Raquel and Kayla, get your get your flight attendant hats on. Ryan, hop behind the wheel, buddy. You're lapidusing this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dusty runs a bed and breakfast now, so maybe he can also oh. help with the pit stops. I think you say know, help. Like he could be on the B and B. Oh yes, <laughs> he runs a B and B. Come on down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Ryan and Dusty have been to hell and back. I mean, has Dusty? Well, if your best friend was in prison, I guess so. I think I guess it would so. be upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like if I was Ryan, I think I would say like, uh, you know, let me let me take the. I've I've been to hell and back. You've been the aggregate amount of hell yeah. Yeah. in the group is a lot of hell. No, this has been equally as bad for both of us. <laughs> So yeah, average amount of hell across this team. A lot of hell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, how recently is, is Ryan out? Uh, he was got released in singing the amazing race song. Uh, I believe 2014. Oh, uh, yeah, he was 29 when he got out. Okay, so that's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. He's so been eight years. The, the, yeah. conviction was, the conviction was vacated in 2013. Okay. okay, so he has been reintegrated into society for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I think that informs like how well I think they're going to do. Yeah, okay. So yeah, should be uh, you know pretty well adjusted for the Amazing Race. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they I like their chances as well. OK, Me what too. I do think is interesting is they did have that sort of unfortunate telltale line in their video of, hey, it'd be nice to win. But the real true winning is the experience we have to spend together. I don't love them coming in with that, but I don't think it necessarily means that they're going to like, uh, you know, slow down to a snail's pace just to appreciate the time that they have together. <laughs> I, hopefully this doesn't hurt their competitive spirit or anything. Yeah. OK, hopefully they stop and smell the roses during the blip and then get back to competing. All right. So Ryan and Dusty, uh, that that's team number 11. Anything else on Ryan and Dusty? Okay. All right. And then our final team, it's Taylor and Isaiah who are billed as YouTube sensations. All right. Uh, Mike, tell us about Taylor and Isaiah Green Jones. Yeah, this is a weird lower third. It third internet sensations in the way that like, Will Sims' career yeah, was, was right? YouTube sensation. They went viral for their wedding video where they did like a very fun dance and they brought in a bunch of people from their party and from their friends and family. They became famous for that, but they have since moved on from that. Uh, I think calling them a married couple would be more appropriate because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe married couple and one-time internet sensations would be more appropriate. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh Jess, uh, that maybe uh, Taylor and Isaiah shouldn't call themselves a YouTube sensations around the Holderness family, right? Yeah, it seems like Penn and Kim would have a word. But, you know, the influencer season mm-hmm. had some people that had been in one video and they had some Tyler Oakley types. So, I, you know, amazing race. They're not hip with the kids. I, I think it's fine to call them YouTube sensations. OK, I, I did watch some of the video. A uh, great dance video. A flash mob, a flash even. mob. Yes, yes. Which is, again, we know Amazing Race loves dance tasks, loves rhythm tasks. Like, that is a huge plus on their resume, in my opinion. Okay. All right. So, then, Dan, what else do we know about Taylor and Isaiah? 
You know, not really that much. I mean, we know they've only been to Mexico, which is something where, again, in most seasons, I would say, well, that's a big downside this year. Well, we'll see, you know, and they really focus on that. They're smart and they're not as athletic, but they're super smart is what they talk about in their video. They met on Facebook in 2012. If that, I don't know how much that impacts it. You know, again, this is one of those things where, again, when they said, when they said they were like, um, like you said, YouTube sensations, I thought there's going to be so much material. But if you look like on Instagram, they, they have some videos of them dancing. They seem very happy together, but, it, but I don't, I don't know how much to read into that. I think, like you said, they're, they're a married couple that has not done that much traveling, seems to have a good relationship, which should be good, but we don't know that much about them beyond that. Hmm. That's like that. That's as much. One of them's a therapist. One of them's a data analyst. Oh, don't know how much that matters, but you know, seem like nice people. Analyze and, this. <laughs> yes, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, are you implying that one of them's a mobster, Rob? Because <laughs> the other one is you. a therapist. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they seem like that they're pretty athletic. Uh, seems like that they uh, get along well. Uh, Just it seems like that they, they seem like um, no, no red flags here for Taylor and Isaiah. No, I, I don't see anything that jumps out at me as something that like a flash mob. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It doesn't jump out at me like a flash mob for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Dan said, I think the lack of traveling would be a problem in any other season. But they're basically gonna they're gonna have their hands held for them throughout this. Okay. Uh, Mike, anything else uh, interesting or uh, that you know about Taylor and Isaiah? Yeah. So what I would say is interesting is to Dan's point, they were one of the only teams in their videos that talked about maybe not like strategy, but perception. I do think that's something we should talk about is obviously coming out of season 32. There was a lot of discussion amongst amazing race discourse about Uh, Some people feeling like the Amazing Race 32 was ruined by alliances, right? The the sharing of answers. And I know that the show was very adamant about making sure they do that. Uh, To spoil a bit of my upcoming talk with Bertram and Elise, they didn't outright put things in to outlaw it. They more so said the market regulated themselves. They said that the teams themselves actually were not as much into answer sharing. And I think it's a bit of a case of like things course correcting after the Amazing Race 32, where they're like, okay, we saw how much that benefited people, but how much people hated that. Let's not do it. But Taylor and Isaiah, going back to the strategy of it all, said, like, we want to go in under the radar. The only leg you need to win is the last one. Very similar to another married couple, Josh and Brent, uh, the Beekman boys, very much had that attitude, right, of, like, just keep pushing through. So I think it's a very, like, down-to-earth thing that, again, maybe in the sort of lies uh, oppositional to a lot of the other competitive spirits of a lot of these other teams yeah i really don't see any other huge red flags outside of what's been mentioned before of like this is our second honeymoon we really haven't traveled anywhere but i think their skill set seems pretty solid that i can imagine them either doing very well and being very competent or maybe they just hit like their one or two tasks that just absolutely break them okay all right should we Review now to talk about uh, a, a team that we feel especially good about going into this season of The Amazing Race. Yeah, I mean, Rob, you already seem to have lodged your pick, right, with Caro and Ray. <laughs> I feel very, I feel very good. Uh, let me go. Let me go last. Maybe I'll have a. Uh, may, may I'll have a. Uh, it's between Caro and Ray and maybe one other team. Uh, 
Jess, that uh, I feel like that we know where you're where you're going to go. Yeah, I think you know where I'm going to go. Okay. Do you want to? Do you want to? Uh, I can reiterate um, <laughs> that I they aggressively stand the Holderness family, and they are my winner pick. Wow, you agree? Wow, I wish I aggressively stand something. Yeah, I, I don't usually aggressively stand things, so it's it's new territory for me. Mm-hmm. But you know, thing I like going on the Amazing Race, it makes me very happy, and I'm rooting for them. Okay, Mike, how about for you? Yeah, I mean, I guess what I am standing on the Amazing Race is competence uh, and just a general, like, general good set of skills. I got to go back to Anthony and Spencer. Uh, they are not necessarily the team that I'm like, give it to me. Yes. Oh, I'm pumping Please my don't fist. say that. Yeah. Michael. No. 15, 17. Woo. Uh, but I think that they're a team that is, you know, if you, if you aggressively stand them, you would, you would yell out the name of the, of the train, the time, the train left that they took down the terrorist on. Yeah, it's like John 316, right? Like I would make that side and I'd hold it up uh, once they won. Uh, But I think that, you know, they have a hell of a story. I think that they are ones that are not shy for the camera. I think they have a really good skill set just based on both where they came from and like what they've experienced and the traveling that they've done. That this is a team that I honestly sort of like the volley bros from last season, which was also my Mm -hmm. first pick team. Like I would not be surprised just due to who they are and what they do would be sitting in the final three. And that gives them at least a 33% chance of taking the whole thing. Okay. And you know, you know, my, my usual credo, Mike, pick the most boring team. That's usually the team that's going to (laughs) win. Okay. Dan, what about for you? Well, you know, if we were going to do a draft, I would have drafted Anthony and Spencer first, but I was kind of, you know, and and right there with Jess's pick. So I'm going to pick the other team that was in the final three for me, which is actually um, Ryan and Dusty, where I I don't know. I think that, again, Mike, you brought up a good point that maybe it's like, oh, it's so great to just do this and it's fun. But I also think in a season where a lot of the intangible things that you can't control, like cab drivers or like just weird things happening to you, getting lost in a city aren't going to happen. I go to the teams that are strong physically and the teams that are just going to power through. And I think one of the strongest teams physically is Ryan and Dusty. And I think this type of season favors that type of team. And Anthony and Spencer too, but those types of teams because that team might get felled by something really random. There's not as much randomness this season. I feel like. Mm. Okay. Uh, boy, uh, I really want to go with uh, Ray and, and Caro. Am I a flip flopper if I don't pick Ray and Caro now? You can pick whoever you want, Rob. Okay. Um, I feel I feel extremely good about them, uh, Ray and, and Carol. But I'm I'm gonna end up going with uh, Michael and Mo. I think they'll be singing their way to the finish line. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we named three male male teams, uh, and I think you know it, it's odd. You know, Will and James won last season. That was also a season that I felt like the male male cast was uh, pretty. I wouldn't say stacked. But I would say like a pretty heavily skewing towards that. So if indeed another one wins or now we're sort of going back to like the early amazing race games of, okay, now are the tasks too stacked towards one particular type of skill set? Yeah, we really don't know what the tasks are going to be like here in uh, the amazing race uh, 33. So uh, we'll we'll see once we come back from the blip uh, if the tasks are skewed in any particular uh, direction. 
I am, I cannot wait to see how they handle this. This mm-hmm. is like, I kind of know it's like reading a book and you know how it ends, but you still want to see how they get there. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, and w- w- of course, like uh, we don't know how it ends, but we do know, uh, like uh, at least we've seen the trailer of like uh, right. what is going to be the inciting incident of exactly. uh, this season of the amazing race. Okay. All right. Any other big picture thoughts, Amazing Race 33, uh, before we leave it there and come back on uh, after Wednesday night's premiere of the Amazing Race 33? I, I'm just really excited to see this season. Like, it is an outright miracle that this season happened in the way they did. So huge kudos to the crew, to Bertram and Elise for being able to pivot the way that they did and still produce what I hope is still a fun and good season of the Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. But Man, uh, it's going to be such a time capsule uh, in a way that I think a lot of shows did it. Like I know Survivor 41, for instance, they made obviously mention of the pandemic, but I think they very much wanted to center, uh, you know, center themselves around, okay, this is almost its own sort of bubble in a way, quite literally and metaphorically. I don't think you can do that with The Amazing Race, right? The Amazing Race is all about traveling the world. I'm going to be really intrigued to see both from like the stoppage perspective and thereafter how do they talk about the state of the world then and now? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I really am intrigued to see how much fourth wall breaking we get once the actual production shuts down and, you know, starts back up. I really hope we do because that's a really intriguing concept and I think would really show a, a very, you know, raw look at what that process was like for an unprecedented event. Well, so I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, it's interesting because on Survivor, I mean, if you sort of like like uh, were like binging the seasons, I mean, there was almost like a zero to uh, maybe a couple of mentions of COVID throughout the season of Survivor 41, which was a little surprising to me. I thought that there would be a lot more talk about the pandemic. It actually turned out that uh, Survivor 41 featured much more discussion about uh, social justice and race relations uh, as opposed to almost no mention whatsoever about COVID. I feel like that for Amazing Race, uh, it'll be certainly interesting to see how they deal uh, with the uh, COVID uh, issues that are going to be uh, ongoing during the production, but I think that then it'll also be very interesting to see like how uh, you know issues of race uh, come up after this like eighteen month break uh, where it was uh, just uh, you know so much discussion in our society between uh, you know uh, March of twenty twenty through whenever they went back to go and do this and how that comes up uh, with these contestants as well. It's a good point. I mean, we should also mention uh, this was a season that was produced after the 50 percent BIPOC uh, instituted rule, though, to be fair, the Amazing Race 32, I believe, either got close or already met that before, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things were being put in. So the Amazing Race was already on that track. Ahead and of I the curve. And so and I think so many different, you know, uh, stories are represented in that capacity. But, yeah, I'll be intrigued to see if there are conversations that happen, because I do think. Despite maybe the 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 fun little shots that we lobby about, like oh, some a bunch of people in this cast are known for random things. It does really seem like we have eleven incredibly different teams, and mm-hmm. that's what has me coming back to the Amazing Race time and time again. Okay, all right, um, Jess, do you have any uh, podcasting uh, happening in between now and the Amazing Race premiere? Not particularly. I'm going to be. Um... Later next month, I'm going to be going on another podcast outside of the RHAP bubble to talk Amazing Race. So excited about that. Um, And then I'm taking a little bit of time to not do 900 podcasts a week. Hmm. And um, what's that like? It's great. You should try it sometime, Rob. I'm going to write that down. 
Yeah, Mike, are you taking uh, notes as well? Yeah, Rob, Rob and I are going to wear shirts that say "Don't do 900 podcasts." It's going to be our new motto. Yeah, mm-hmm. send one to Chappelle as well. <laughs> but eventually, um, eventually, I believe Walking Dead's going to come back, and we're going to be on that um, over on Post Show Recaps. And I'll probably show up a time or two doing something else. But right now, I'm happy to be all amazing race all the time. Okay. All right. Great to have our uh, standing weekly conversation back in the mix here uh, coming up into uh, 2022, Jess. So uh, we'll see what happens with the premiere. Mike, what's coming up for you? Yeah, so uh, I am uh, just is pointing her, shaking her finger at me as I'm about to get into all the podcasts <laughs> that I did. Starting with the fact that Josh Regler and I wrapped Lost by talking about it for eight hours last week. Uh, we're still going to keep going. We're doing a couple of miscellaneous podcasts uh, this and next week to wrap up our coverage before moving into maybe uh, everything other- you didn't cover in the eight hour podcast surprisingly there are things i think Uh, Mm -hmm. something slipped between the the folds of the brain there so we've still got that going that we hit a huge milestone i think if we did it across a couple days so it wasn't all in one sitting but i do believe longest podcast in post-show recaps and maybe up there with rhap as well so Mm -hmm. you can check that out as well as uh, i'm still covering the x files with my wife we're still covering the witcher we're doing weekly podcasts of that and then also Wednesdays are the days for Amazing Race, of course, but Wednesdays are also for The Book of Boba Fett, which is coming out uh, at the time we're recording this tomorrow on Wednesday, December 29th. And I have joined Star Wars coverage on Posture Recaps for that, uh, along with Principal Akbar. Uh, no, he will not be on, but it's going to be mm-hmm. me and our Philly and some guests from time to time breaking it all down. I have no idea what to expect from that. Speaking of limited information, but that should be really exciting. And then over on the reality TV side of things, as I mentioned, so coming next week, uh, Monday and Tuesday, I'm going to release two separate interviews. One is what I did with Bertram and Elise, the showrunners for The Amazing Race, about how they sort of shut things down and ramped them back up again and changes that were made and thinking things through and whether or not some things might stick through to Amazing Race 34, should we see it. Uh, Never in my dreams thought I'd get the ability to talk with them, considering I'm a lifelong Amazing Race fan, so... Check that out. Then I think on Tuesday, I'm going to have Phil break down the teams like we've been doing the past few seasons. Of course, always great to chat with Phil about that type of stuff as well. So again, if you want some some last-minute takes about how you thought the teams would do before we launch into things on Wednesday, January 5th, be sure to check that out. And of course, Rob, you mentioned it before. You and I, also another annual tradition, wrapped up 2021 with a brand steal that was Absolutely ridiculous, but very fun. So be sure to check that out. It was, it was a hell Each of a summer. Each one gets the wilder than the last. We always say, how could we top this? Yeah, much like the years themselves. You look back saying, how the hell did that happen? Mm-hmm. And as was the case with the brand steel as well. So all that happening, and I'm, I'm pimping all that out at a Mike Whoa. Will type on Twitter. Okay. All right. Great job once again, Mike. And Dan, what's coming up for you? Well, I mean, I'm hoping that we'll have with RHAP some Amazing Race Australia and possibly Canada. We'll see how the world goes. But so I would like to be able to cover those. But have then they also, seasons? They are, they have been renewed. Yes. I don't know if Australia mm-hmm. may have filmed. Canada, I don't think is filmed yet. Usually they film in the spring for the summer. So we'll see what happens, I guess, with the world. But outside of that, I also host a podcast about theme parks where I haven't been going to them lately. But I do interviews with people that have worked behind the scenes, Imagineers and others called the Tomorrow Society podcast. It's really fun. And that's at TomorrowSociety.com. 
And it's just a fun interview show that if you like theme parks, I think you might enjoy. Okay. And Jess was on it once. Oh, it's true. I, it, it was my comfort zone, actually, because Dan usually focuses on the Disney parks. So I came on and talked about Universal Studios, which I feel like is a pretty direct metaphor for what I do here on Robin's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right. All right. Well, great job once again here, Dan. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, robinswebsite.com slash subscribe so you don't miss any of our amazing race coverage this season. Hope you are as excited as we are for an amazing race season coming up in the new year. If we don't talk to you uh, between now and then, have a happy new year. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.